You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back, my friends. It is a pleasure to have you here for another episode of College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And man, oh man, is it not been an amazing semester. You should be wrapping up your semester, if I have my calendar correctly. We're looking at the middle of December, somewhere in 2019. Um, so therefore, you have... If you're listening to these linearly, we have gotten you through Thanksgiving and all of the emotional hurdles that that can bring about when you go home. We've gotten you prepared for finals with some amazing study strategies, and therefore you have done or are currently doing an amazing job with your finals. Uh, We're wrapping up the semester is what we discussed last week. Again, if these are still in the right order and just being able to journal about what you've experienced and really think about what you experienced this semester, depending on where you're at, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, 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 senior. (laughs) If you're like me, I was in my senior year for many a year. Um, And now we're at the middle of December. And one of the things that I really look forward to about this episode was that I wanted to do my New Year's episode a couple weeks in advance of New Year's. And again, for those non-linear listeners who've gone back and just discovered this in the archives, the beauty of this is that this is my system for organizing my life so that I know that I'm working on certain areas at any given time so that I can measure my achievements and my personal growth. And so I came about this system when I first got into sobriety and recovery back in 2017, and I found it immensely helpful so that I knew where I was growing and where I could be growing better. Uh, Because if you don't have a system for measuring your achievements, then how do you know that you're getting better, right? And I get that coming from a college world, it's pretty simple to figure out your measurements of your achievements in the semester. You get grades back from your from your professors, your TAs, and you know that you're at least getting a good grade. Now, if, are you actually learning that information so that you can use it in day-to-day conversation um, so that you can regurgitate the information that you've learned in a setting where you need to, whether it be at work or in a conversation with fellow students? That's really all about how are you internalizing what you've learned. For a lot of us, we we internalize things uh, either through the feeling of it, the hearing of it, or the seeing of it. And with this life's blueprint that I'm going to explain to you in this episode, it's how I manage my achievements. And I really do believe that if you can't measure something, then you can't manage something. If you say you want to drink less coffee, but you don't know how much coffee you're drinking every day, then you might say, well, I normally drink three cups. I'm only going to drink one today. But if those three cups each were 10 ounces and now the new one cup you're drinking is 30 ounces, you might think, well, I went from three cups to one cup. But you didn't cut back on the actual consumption of coffee. And that's why being able to measure how much coffee you drink on any given day 
then that will help you actually know if you're cutting back when you get to that point, right? And so with anything in life, if you come up with a system, then it can be measured and it can be managed and then you can track your achievements. Um, just like they talk about in SMART goals, um, it has to be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Um, I've also heard that there needs to be an importance to it, a confidence and a readiness when you go to make change. And this is the new year. This is when people want to make New Year's resolutions. And I've talked about resolutions on my other podcast from Sobriety to Recovery, that if you really want to make a change, you just need to decide to make it today and stop pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. Because if you feel that fire to do something about it now, that's the best time to strike when the iron is hot. So the life's blueprint and how I use this is extremely to me manageable in as much as I've broken down everything about your life and my, in my life into 12 different quadrants. And here we go. I'm so excited to dive into this. And I feel like I've missed something in this intro. It will come out or it wasn't necessary. Either way, we're going to move into it. Okay, so there are three spheres in your life. Career, self, and relationships. Everything in your life can be broken down and perfectly slipped into one of these spheres. There are a lot of other systems. Oh, this is something I was going to mention in the intro. If, Regardless if you use my system or anyone else's system, go out and buy a self-help book. If, it, if you're trying to lose weight, get physically fit, if you're trying to have better emotional relationships, whatever the issue you would like to resolve in your life, if you go out and you find a book about it and you read it and you take notes and you digest the information and you put it into practice, you will get better. That's a fact. Hands down, you will get better. Even if it's not the way you thought you would get better, since it's, since life is a gigantic experiment, you might try this one book and think, well, I got a little better, but I really wish I would have gotten better in this area. Then you go find a book in that area. If you follow it and stick with it, you will get better. So my system is mine. I love it. This is why we're talking about it on the show today. If you follow this system, you will see achievements in areas of your life and you will know how you're achieving this because you'll be able to slip it into this, these different spheres and the components therein that I'll talk about later. Okay, back to the main focus, the spheres. Everything in your life fits into career, self-relationship, um, a career, that's your job. It's, it's your focus on how you make money. Perhaps you come from money and now you just get to be a philanthropist your whole life. Whatever you do that fires you up, that takes up that part of your life, that's your career. Obviously, yourself is yourself. Shouldn't have to explain that one. In relationships. I've read tons of different blogs and books and podcasts and audibles. There are a lot of people with different amounts of spheres. They call them different things. They want to break it down into eight this and 12 that. That's fine if that's the system you want to use. If you were to take whatever they're teaching you, you'd be able to slip it into career, self, or relationships. And the brilliance of being able to do that is you know wherever you're starting to not feel as happy or as confident or as achievement achievementable, achievable as you'd like, you can simply say, well, is it, where in my life am I not feeling where 
as, as good as I could. And this is why I came up with this in my sobriety and recovery, because I would be like, you know, I'm just not feeling, not feeling good today. I'm not feeling happy about where my life is going. And then I had to figure out, well, what area? Because I may have just come back from the gym. So far as myself goes, I'm feeling great. But I could be at a job that I don't love and that I really wish I would, you know, pick up some new skills and be able to find a better job. Oh, so my depression or my, you know, my downness I have right now is not about myself. It's about my career. Um, and then relationships being the third sphere, that's every single person that you interact with. That's from your dog to somebody you pass on the street frequently. It could just simply be the person that you saw once at the bank and you've never seen again. There is some sort of interpersonal relationship built in that moment. And Therefore, I know, oh, okay, well, if I want to be better at my relationships, maybe it's just being nicer to passing people that I see on the street. Perhaps it's just being more uh, jovial and polite when I meet someone at a store. Whatever it might be, I can now work on my relationships because I'm thinking in that sphere. So that's why I came up with these three spheres, career, self-relationships. And there's four main components that fit inside of each and that is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And I've talked about spiritual in the past, but I feel the need every time I, I say that word to reference that it, spiritual is not, necessary, not necessarily religious. It is more about your beliefs, morals, values, and integrity. That does have a very strong religious tone to some people because it is within religion that we often learn our beliefs, values, morals, and the integrity which we will base our entire lives upon. If you're not an extremely religious person, or if you are, it does not matter. When I say the word spiritual, I am not referencing Christianity or Judaism or Muslim, anything else. Buddhism, it is, that is not what we're talking about. Beliefs, morals, values, integrity. Physical should be pretty self-explanatory, your entire physical being. Emotional, this is a part a lot of us have issues with because um, our society raises emotionally immature people, and therefore they raise emotionally immature people. And then, of course, mental, you're in college, you're pretty, pretty sure you know what mental is. <laughs> and then spiritual, how are you grounding your morals, your ethics, your values, and your beliefs into what it is that you do? I, one of my easiest ways I, uh, I can reference spirituality is that had more of the gigantic banks, the Goldman Sachs and the Lehman Brothers, had more integrity, had more morals and ethics and spirituality in their work, they would not have collapsed our economy in 2008, 2009. And therefore, they would, they would have just done business with a more ethical virtue. Facebook and Google could be said, you know, all these data um, companies that now exist in our social media lives who are just constantly collecting stuff, they had more morals and ethics and values in their overall business model. Perhaps we wouldn't be in the situation that we are now in this country. Um, and so when you think about your career and your spiritual side, are you being morally and ethically positive? So quick review. Three spheres, and these are the ones that you're that you're constantly juggling, right? You, what, which one is the most important to you in any given moment? Career, self, relationship. For those of you that are in college, which is my demographic on this show, college is your career, right? Then you might leave and go work at a restaurant. And now you're that's another aspect of your career. So you can just 
slide all of your college life into that career. You've got yourself, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and same with your relationships, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, career, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. So each one of these three spheres, this you're constantly jugging, has these jugging, juggling, has these four components, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. When you multiply them out, it gives you 12 quadrants. I call this the life's blueprint because my entire message methodology of organizing it is that I'm constantly working on a certain area of my life and certain areas are being remodeled more than others. Certain areas are being worked on today that won't necessarily need to be worked on tomorrow, but it's a constant personal growth and self-transformation experience that I, that I have in my life that I really want all of you to take on in your lives. And because of that, since we're working and we're, we're building towards the newest, best version of ourselves, therefore, it's like a construction project and construction projects follow blueprints. And I get so excited, I start to stumble on my words. So, henceforth, the title, Life's Blueprint. It was the very first program that I ever built for my college um, for my college and sobriety um, students and workshop and seminar members. It was the very first program that I had put together for my life coaching clients because it was the very first program I put together for me. And that's why I love the way I organize all of this. So now you've got it. You've got your three spheres, career, self, relationship, and each one of those has four components, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. If you were to write these down on a piece of paper, you'd have three columns, career, self, relationships. Um, They can be in any order. I just like the way career, self, relationships, CSR rolls off the tongue. If you go over to my website that I built all about this program, it's uh, called allthewayup.life. I'll put that in the show notes, allthewayup.life. Um, it is a website basically just built around this program. I haven't doctored it up much. I built it out when I first came up with the program and then just parked it and left it alone. But it gives you some more information and it gives you an idea of how I organize everything. So if you have a piece of paper, put career self relationships in each of their own column. And then below that, you would have physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And those are the rows that go underneath each one of the columns, and therefore you now have 12 areas. This is where it gets awesome. Because you can be working on multiple quadrants, right? So we've got the four components, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and your three spheres, career, self-relationship. That makes up 12 quadrants. So that's what I'll call them. That's what I always call them. That's what I'll be referencing for the rest of this episode. And all future episodes, now that I've introduced this to you. Because you have these 12 quadrants, you can easily know what you're working on at any given moment of your day, any given moment of your life for the rest of your life. And because personal growth and transformation and nothing in your life is really ever just singular, um, Tom Rigsby, who was on episode two, I believe, talking about his time management structure. Uh, one of his favorite sayings is that uh, there is no such thing as work-life balance because work and life are always connected. So stop looking for a work-life balance and start looking for life balance. I say this because 
very, I don't know, if in this next 15 minutes that we're talking about this, maybe we'll come up with an example that is singular. But generally, when you're working on one quadrant, you're actually working on two, three, four, and in some cases, it can be all of them. It just depends. If you were to go to a working uh, a work event with your significant other, now your career, it's a work event, yourself, you're there, and your relationship, your significant other is there. All three spheres are present at this event. Now, if there's a Let's say it's a company picnic, so there's some physical activities. Boom, you just check that off. You're at, right? You, you and your significant other do a three legged race together at a company picnic. Boom, you've just checked off three spheres and that component. Emotional, you're going to be talking with people, you're going to be making emotional connections. Perhaps you even start talking about work. Now you've gotten some mental connection in there. And your spirituality, you've got the whole, you know, morals, ethics, values, integrity, and you're, you're taking care of that while you're there. You literally went to a company picnic and worked on all 12 of your quadrants, right? It's that amazing. And it's that easy for you to start seeing where are you putting your effort into. And this is why it became so beneficial to me when I first got into sobriety and recovery, because I'd be sitting in my room or I'd be sitting at work and I wouldn't feel great or I would feel great. And I wanted to know why. What area of my life was I putting such great attention toward that all of a sudden it had me feeling uplifted? Right. If I went to an addiction meeting, now all of a sudden, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm I'm discussing my emotions, my my mental acuity, my physical self is there. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm feeling really good about myself right now because I just went to a meeting and I worked on these three areas. And then I would go to my job, and I wouldn't feel great. I'm like, okay. Well, what am I not feeling great about? Well, I'm here at this job. Well, okay. This is what's got me bummed right now. What about it has me bummed? Am I not being as physically active here as I would like? Am I, is my mental acuity not being challenged? Am I not learning new things on a regular basis? Am I working with people who emotionally drain me? Is my spirituality, are my morals, ethics, and values being tested here in a way that isn't congruent with the kind of person I want to be? Right Now, all of a sudden, instead of saying, man, I hate my life, No, you don't. You don't hate your life. You might dislike certain areas of your life. Being able to figure out what areas of those life of your life you dislike allows you to take back control of the situation. It puts the responsibility on you to figure out how to best manage your expectations for what is currently happening and how you can best achieve better. If you are stuck in a dead-end job that you absolutely hate, then you got to figure out what about it is it that you don't like. You know, if it's a very physically dependent job, if you dig ditches for a living and you no longer want to be that physically laborious at work, laborious, laborious, just made up a word, not sure, Um, right? You've been digging ditches and you don't want to dig ditches anymore. Instead, you want to sit at a computer and enter numbers in. Well, okay, now you know what you don't like about your job is that you're digging ditches. But emotionally, perhaps you're being supported there. Uh, Mentally, you're learning new ways of digging ditches every day. And uh, spiritually, your morals, ethics, and values, you know, the business is charging a good rate and you really feel like your integrity isn't being compromised there. Okay, so now you don't really hate 
every aspect of your job. You just don't like how physically active you have to be at it. While I use that example, what I think most people in corporate America and in general jobs would find is that there's not a lot of physical activity. And if you're sitting at a desk constantly entering in numbers and you would prefer a job where you were more active, then that allows you to know, okay, well, I wish I was more active at this job, but I'm not. And then you can look around and say, well, am I being emotionally supported? Am I being emotionally drained? Am I learning new things? Or is it just the same entering in of numbers every day? So it's the same doldrum activity. Um, is the company working within my uh, my expectations of the moral and ethical values I want to live my life by. When you start to discover where it is exactly that you're not getting the kind of growth that you want, then you can turn your attention towards fixing that particular quadrant. If you're fine with your job, but you do sit at a computer all day, your shoulders are starting to hunch over, you're getting lower back pains, you're constantly staring at a computer so your eyes hurt, then you can say, okay, well, perhaps I need to get a back brace. Perhaps I need to start doing some rolling of my shoulder exercises. Perhaps I need glasses or figure out a way to turn the computer screen's brightness up and down. There are ways to start to fix the current situation you're in, if you know that that's what's really bothering you. If you can't quite put your finger on why you don't like work or what you don't like about yourself or what you're not enjoying about your relationships, then how do you know what area to begin to grow? What are you supposed to be working on? The fact of the matter is, is that you will always be working on something. Even the act of not working on something, of not trying to grow in a certain area of your life is a decision, and therefore it is an action, even if it is based in inaction. We talked about this in the in uh, Being Action-Oriented episode where I discussed the book. I think that those episodes are somewhere around the 12 to 18, so I think action is somewhere right around 15 or 16. Um, so figure out where it is in your job, in yourself, in your relationships that you're not happy and then start to work on that. If you're with your significant other and you feel that you don't go out and do enough things, your sex life isn't what you you want it to be. Um, you both have put on some weight since you started dating and neither one of you are happy about that, right? Then you can start to turn to them and say, oh, well, you know, maybe some of the stressors that we're feeling in this relationship right now are because we're not active enough with each other. So on Tuesday nights, let's start going out on a hike. And while we're on that hike, we can discuss um, our emotions about the relationship. We can discuss new things that we've learned or things that we want to learn. We can discuss um, morals, ethics, values. We can discuss the things that are important to us, those currents that drive our entire lives. We can be discussing these things. And now all of a sudden you start to feel like this relationship is more beneficial to both of you. You're starting to feel growth and love grows between you because you're actually focusing on the areas that are making you unhappy. If you just say, I don't know why I'm unhappy in this relationship, I just am, then you don't even know where to begin to work on it. Relationships are work. Yourself is work. Your career is work. Everything takes effort. Things that don't take effort generally don't have as much meaning in your life, right? If, if you just woke up every morning and, you know, stepped, hit the, hit the ground running, but you got to work and you just kept getting raises even though you weren't really working that hard, yeah, you're like, dude, I will never say no to a raise. 
Of course you wouldn't. But at some point, that job is going to stop having that kind of positive influence on your life because at some point, you'll have plenty of money, but you still won't be getting fulfillment in other areas that you really need it in. This is why even extremely rich and wealthy people can be sad and depressed and suffer from addiction and all of that other stuff. No one is immune to any of this. So by being able to organize your life into these three spheres and know which component needs to get worked on, you know what quadrant you can be focused on. And like I said earlier, when you are working on one quadrant, you're in reality working on multiples. If you and your significant other have put on five pounds that you prefer not to have and you go on a hike, you're getting physical activity in there, but there's also an emotional bond that you're forming because you're out doing physical activity. Um, you know, if you're talking during it, then you're, you're growing mentally with one another. Uh, when you start to discuss, you know, anything that has to do with your morals, ethics, values, you're immediately starting to work on that quadrant before you know it, of course, because you're also there in this with your significant other, you're doing all of this on yourself as well. So boom, now you've just worked on eight quadrants. And if you both start talking about your career and your emotions and your mentalness there, now you're working on 10 quadrants, right? The next thing you know, you start talking about your the, the ethics and morals that the business is run by. There's the 11th quadrant, physical, uh, physical, the physical quadrant within career when you and your significant other are walking around on a hike, probably not getting the work unless you're figuring out ways to be more physically active at work. 12 quadrants. And when you walk away, you can say, wow, we just did some really great work on ourselves. And all we did was go on a hike. When you want to have better friendships in college, start looking around at the ones that really mean something to you and notice how many of these quadrants are being fulfilled when you get around those people or that particular person. If you feel like you don't have a great bond with one of your roommates and all it is is you just passing each other in the hallway saying good morning, then you say, oh, well, here's one of the reasons why we don't have a great relationship is because we're never working on any of these quadrants together. You go and, and have lunch with them and, and get to know them better and, and, and start having conversations with them. And all of a sudden you start working on these quadrants and then you'll notice that the relationship will rise. Now, if they are completely opposite of you and you get nothing in common, then that tells you, okay, well, cool. You can be an acquaintance, but it doesn't mean that we're still not working on the quadrants when we interact. Look at the classes that you really, truly enjoy. Hopefully it's the classes that you're majoring in, but look at the ones that you that really give you a ton of joy and start breaking down how they meet your fulfillments in these individual quadrants. The more of these quadrants that get fulfilled whenever you do them, when you do any kind of activity, the more it's going to benefit you and the more it's going to rise you up. And that's what this show's about. That's what I'm about. That's what I teach everyone. That's what I talk about constantly. Because if you're if you're if you think oh, I don't want to work on my relationships today, you know, Jesse, can't there just be a day where I lay on the couch and, and Netflix and chill and just don't care about anything? Well, you can do that. But the fact is, is that the chatter monkey inside your head is still talking to you about what you could or couldn't be doing, right? And that the earth is still spinning. 
So yes, by all means, we all deserve a self-care day where we just sit there and chill. But even when you're just laying on the couch, maybe you've been extremely active and so you just want to lay on the couch, boom, self-physical. You're giving yourself a rest day. Emotionally, you're watching shows that trigger a positive emotional reaction out of you. Or maybe it's like The Walking Dead where emotionally you get really held on to certain characters and then you watch them go through their trials and tribulations Uh, mentally perhaps you're watching discovery or science kind of shows so you're learning something spiritually you're watching shows that meet you where you're at as far as your morals ethics and values if you're really religious you're probably not watching porn on these on these relaxed days If, if you're really into um shows that show how being a better person uplifts everyone in your society, then you're probably gearing yourself towards those kind of shows. So even when you're laying on your couch doing nothing, you're doing something within your quadrants. Perhaps you, you call up your significant other and they come lay on the couch with you and watch some television. Now your relationships are forming because you're there working on that sphere physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, you decide what that looks like with your significant other while you're just laying on the couch, right? There's the physical activity amongst relationships, whether it's, whether it's a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's a sexual partner or whether it's just a friend, right? Their physical will look different. That quadrant will look different if you're talking about a best friend versus a girlfriend or a boyfriend, emotional, mental, spiritual, those things are all going to look different depending on who you're interacting with, right? But the brilliance of it is, is that when you go to call your parents up and all they want to do is connect with you and all they want to do is know more about what's going on, you can then say, okay, I'm calling mom and dad and I want to talk to them about my physical activity or their physical activity now that you've left the house. Uh, We're going to discuss emotional things. I want to make sure I touch upon the stressors I'm feeling at college. I'm going to make sure I ask them about how they're doing in their life emotionally now that you've left the house or maybe you've been gone from the house for years and years and years and years. Again, this show is for traditional and non-traditional students, so allow all of this information to meet you where you're at based on your current needs. But when you go to call up a family member, you can then know, okay, well, let's, let's mental, you know, maybe you tell them some new stuff you've learned, ask them some new stuff they've learned, you know, when it comes to their spirituality, morals, ethics, values, that kind of stuff. That's just sort of your undercurrent that will always be there. You know, if you're always trying to do good by others, because that's how you think society should be, then that's going to be the general consensus amongst uh, people who know you, that that's what you feel about, and they're going to talk about that stuff, right? If it's, uh, if it's you know, everyone, uh, every man for themselves kind of mentality, and you know that's the kind of person you're talking to, then you'll know that that's the kind of spiritual wor- world they live in, and you'll be able to either meet them where they're at, or at least hear them out, even if you don't agree. Uh, if you want to know more about hearing somebody out, even if you don't agree, go back to episode 20. I think it's episode 28, the the November 23rd episode about Thanksgiving and going home for the holidays. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up. We're at, the, we're at about the 30-minute mark. That's the life's blueprint. Really, you could have stopped at minute seven and just known that it's career, self-relationships, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. I give you examples to really expand and open your mind to the infinite ways this can be applied to your life. It's absolutely phenomenal. I I use it constantly. I've got tons of little pieces of paper where I'm charting where it is I'm doing well and where I could be doing better. And I really, really, really 
strongly, strongly am looking to persuade you to take this on as your organizational structure and see how it works for you. Because if you, if you can measure it, you can manage it. And this gives you the, an opportunity to measure and manage every single aspect of your life. I will tell you this, and I'll close up on this, that some people think that over planning and measuring everything takes away spontaneity. I will say that spontaneity is actually increases in my life because of the way that I measure everything that I do in my life. Because it's through this management and measurement that I, I know that the spontaneity can be there. When you want to be spontaneous in your schedule and you have nothing scheduled, you don't really know if what you're doing is being spontaneous because your schedule is wide open. If you had a ton of things planned and then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, we should totally go to the museum. They've got this cool butterfly exhibit. That can be spontaneous. If you knew that you were supposed to be studying there, then you can say, yes, let's go do that. I can always push studying till Wednesday because I've got an opening from 4 to 6 p.m. Right? People think that the way I measure all my food and scale it out and put it into the MyFitnessPal app means I can't be spontaneous in my eating. It's actually the opposite. Because I measure it all my food, I know if I've got an extra thousand calories to give for this day. And if I do, and somebody's like, dude, we should totally eat up on that cheesecake, I can do it and I can do it guilt-free because I know I had those thousand calories to give. And if I didn't have those thousand calories to give and I splurge and I eat that cheesecake anyways, then I know over the next day or two to cut back three, four, five hundred calories each day and it'll make up for the cheesecake I ate. Because I'm measuring it, I can manage it. And that actually opens up an entire new world of guilt-free spontaneity. I should do an entire episode on guilt-free spontaneity. I'm going to write that down, actually. guilt free spontaneity because I'll tell you what it is amazing feeling and by measuring and managing these quadrants you will have so much guilt-free spontaneity it'll blow your mind and it'll just make your life so much less stressful you'll know exactly when you go to bed each day you'll know exactly which quadrants where in your life you have progressed and where in your life you have stayed stagnant, and perhaps even where in your life you have regressed. And then the next day, you can put your attention towards that. You will walk away from things feeling uplifted and feeling like you've done something positive for yourself and your entire life. It's absolutely amazing. And use this for next year. That's why we're talking about it before New Year's is that this is a way for you to figure out how to organize your life so that next year you can start really having your best year ever. You want every year to be the best year ever. Of course, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be life events, you know, there's going to be marriages and anniversaries and there's going to be sad ones, there's going to be death of loved ones, there's going to be saying goodbye to people that you cared about in the past but no longer fit in the world that you're in now. There's going to be these huge happy moments and these really really sad moments. Those are going to happen anyways. And those, yes, will put a cloud or a silver lining or whatever it is on that year, but overall you're still progressing, you're still moving forward. You're still going forward on this journey. Are you going forward in the way that you want? Are you going forward in the way that you'd like to be, the way that you desire to be? Organize your life in these three spheres with these four components, and you will be able to measure and manage 
all of your growth. And even when the bad things happen, you can say, well, yeah, you know, this, this loved one passed away and that really made me sad. But you know what? I, I physically am in the best shape of my life. I've got a great job that challenges me mentally every single day. And my relationships are stronger and more amazing because when I lost that loved one, I turned my attention towards deep inspirational connections with those that I love right? And you've been able to know that you've done this because you've got this system of organization. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the show. Um, I can't wait to get some feedback on how this has helped you. So please uh, hit me up on all the social media channels that you already have. Um, College Success Habits on Instagram is still stagnant, but you can always find me at, at Jesse Mogul. I'm working on my Instagram focus. That, that is not a quadrant I've put a lot of energy into because the podcast has just been going so well and the book is uh, almost finished with the editing and then we can get into the actual design and publication. So much amazing stuff's going on. 2019 has easily been my best year ever. And I can look back at all these quadrants and I can see exactly where I've done well and where I could do better next year. And then I can put my focus on those whenever the time is right for me. So use this. Be awesome. Enjoy your holidays. I'm going to still be putting out episodes every single week. Um, One of the reasons is, is that life doesn't stop and neither should personal growth and transformation. You're going to have many, many weeks off from school. uh, And this is going to be a great opportunity for you to just get some downtime in some self-care. We're going to be talking about understanding your identity coming up soon, processing external events. This is a really big one of mine. I love it. Beliefs and values is coming up. And then moving into January, we're going to be talking about preparing for the semester, getting acclimated in the new semester, the long-term execution of your syllabus. Uh, And then we're going to do some winter doldrum stuff into January, into February, because the groundhog always sees its shadow. always sees its shadow. Thank you so much. Once again, please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review on whatever podcasting app you find me on. That stuff goes great. Has social proof that I'm helping others. And when people find me, they think, wow, look at all these people that are already listening. They must be on to something. I will join in the party. So please let people know that it's a good party to be joining in on. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity. Be kind to one another. The power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. Until we meet again, take care. Happy holidays. Bye-bye.